In October 2008, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit upheld a previous ruling that had denied a patent for a method of hedging in commodities trading that was developed by Bernard Bilski and Rand Warsaw. This closely followed case was seen by many as an opportunity to fix the U.S. patent system. However, many observers feel the decision may have made things worse. Here to examine these issues is attorney Mike Jakes, a partner with the Finnegan Law Firm. Finnegan has filed a petition for a writ of certiorari in the U.S. Supreme Court. The petition seeks to overturn the Federal Circuit's decision. First of all, Mike, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Give us a little bit of background on the Bilski case itself. The Bilski case raises the most fundamental question in patent law, specifically what can be patented. The Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit answered this question and essentially limited process patents to manufacturing methods. So the question really is, are patents limited to manufacturing processes or can they cover modern businesses processes, computer software, or medical diagnostic methods? It is, as I said, the most fundamental question in patent law. And how many questions were answered by the most recent decision? They interpreted the patent statute in such a way as to require a specific test for an invention to be patentable. The invention has to be either tied to a specific machine or transform subject matter in some way. And by answering that question, they set up a new dividing line for what inventions can be patented and which ones can't. This dividing line, has it clarified things at all, or is there still a lot of uh, uncertainty? Actually, it's made things more uncertain. In its effort to draw this line, the court has really only muddied things up as to what is and is not patentable. We're already seeing the results in the patent office where the decision is being applied inconsistently by the Board of Patent Appeals and Interferences. One of the judges at the Federal Circuit, Circuit Judge Newman, specifically commented that the decision would create uncertainty and that uncertainty is really the enemy of innovation. Tell us a little bit about the action Finnegan took with respect to the Bilski case. We filed a petition to the U.S. Supreme Court for a writ of certiorari. What we're asking the Supreme Court to do is to take this case, review the Federal Circuit's decision, and return the law to what it was. Before this decision, the Supreme Court had excluded only very narrow subject matter from what is patentable. The court had said abstract ideas aren't patentable, and natural laws and phenomenon are also not patentable. And that makes sense, because natural laws and phenomena can never really qualify for patent protection. They can't be invented at all. And abstract ideas aren't eligible either because they're not useful, which is what the statute requires. They have to be applied to a practical use before they can be patented. But instead of uh, stopping there, the Federal Circuit went on and said that an invention has to be tied to a machine or transform subject matter, what they referred to as the machine or transformation test. We think that this is a step backward and the progress of the patent law. And so we've asked the Supreme Court to step in and tell the Federal Circuit to return to the original principles. Mike, is Finnegan hopeful that amicus briefs will be filed as well? We are very hopeful that uh, interested parties will file briefs at the Supreme Court asking them to, to step in and take this case. At the Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit, there were 38 different amicus briefs filed they ranged from the pharmaceutical industry to the financial industry. Lots of different interested parties had uh, filed friend-of-the-court briefs, and we're hopeful that they will do the same in the Supreme Court. 
the question is very important, and uh, we think that it warrants their attention. Mike, what are the important dates people need to keep in mind as far as this is concerned? Amicus briefs in support of the petition asking the Supreme Court to take the case will be due by February 27th. Will Bilski discourage innovation, especially when it comes to software technology, business operations like that? Yes, we believe this decision will discourage innovation. Where there is uncertainty, as this court case has created, companies will not invest in R&D and in patents the same way they would if they would be assured of protection. Also, the decision does something that uh, the patent law has really tried to stay away from in years past. One of the great strengths of the Patent Act is that it doesn't exclude inventions based on what type of invention it is. It doesn't say software is not patentable, but drugs are. It's never made that distinction. But with this decision, the court has effectively drawn those lines, and it said, for example, that business methods, if they're not tied to a particular machine, don't pass the the test for what is patentable. And it's created a lot of doubt also in the software and the biotechnology industries as what processes are now unpatentable. That uncertainty, unfortunately, does have an impact on innovation and uh, is already being seen in uh, patent owners and their issued patents. Yeah, I was going to ask you how well, patent applicants are going to fare at the USPTO, but you've said they've already experienced some negative implications here. They already are. There have been uh, applications that were have been rejected relying on the Bilski decision that in the past would not have had a problem getting through. The Federal Circuit has also applied the Bilski decision in the biotechnology field already, upholding a decision that an immunization method is invalid because it doesn't meet process tests that they stated in the case either. The uh, economic conditions prevailing today, do they impact uh, whether the court will take this case on? We've made that point in our petition. A good uh, deal of innovation in the last decade has been in the financial services industry, the business methods industry, we have, we're living in very much an information-based economy. We don't just have brick-and-mortar businesses today. And unfortunately, the Federal Circuit's test really goes back to an industrial age before people had even uh, personal computers. In fact, uh, the Supreme Court hasn't looked at this question, what can be patented, since 1981 was the last decision. At that time, uh, personal computers were not what they are today. No one had them sitting on their desk. So it's been a long time. As a result of that, um, this decision is creating uncertainty in the marketplace, and it is having an impact on a lot of the issued patents out there. People don't know what value they hold anymore. What is the right test for patentable processes? Let me say what what it's not. It's not the machine or transformation test that the Federal Circuit used. We think that uh, although they tried to root it in older Supreme Court cases, it really is not what the Supreme Court said. It does tie inventions to days gone past, and so we think that's a backward-looking test. Instead, we think that the Supreme Court has had it right all along. It has never said a particular subject matter is patentable or unpatentable based on what technical field it's in. Instead, the Supreme Court has only said you can't get a patent on abstract ideas or natural laws and phenomenon. And that really should be the only exclusion. As the Supreme Court said in the Chakrabarty case, anything under the sun made by man can be patented. We think that should be the test. And other than those narrow exclusions for abstract ideas or natural phenomenon, virtually anything else should be qualified and eligible for patent. Now, of course, an invention has to go on and meet the other requirements for patentability, 
that doesn't mean you automatically get a patent just because you're in the right category. But those additional criteria ensure that the inventions are new, not obvious, and adequately described. Any idea when the Supreme Court may make a decision on whether to hear the case? We think that the Supreme Court will decide to hear the case if it does uh, sometime later this spring, perhaps April or May. Our guest has been attorney Mike Jakes from Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. To listen to other podcasts in this series and for additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan. Finnegan.